I think when we're watching for the Lord, we just, we pay attention to even what we may think are the small things that are happening, but it's God moving. I mean, that's what he does. And there's nothing that's too small or nothing that's random or coincidental. But when we're watching and paying attention, it just causes us to see his faithfulness more, to Mm -hmm. see him at work, to be able to thank him for the little things that happen and praise him and just know that he's with us. And that is so comforting. You're listening to God Hears Her, a podcast for women where we explore the stunning truth that God hears you, He sees you, and He loves you because you are His. Find out how these realities free you today on God Hears Her. Welcome to God Hears Her. I'm Elisa Morgan. And I'm Erin Eddy. Have you ever read in the Bible where it says to cling to God? Did you ever pause on that verse and wonder, what would that look like to actually do that? Today, we are talking to Kim Cash Tate, a woman that was directly impacted by that phrase, cling to God. Kim Cash Tate is the founder of Cling Ministries and the author of Cling, Choosing a Lifestyle of Intimacy with God, which we'll include a link to in the show notes. Kim has a YouTube channel where she shares her Bible teachings and a YouTube series, Cling. She's also a singer, songwriter, wife, and mother of two children. We are so excited to have Kim on the show to teach us what it means to cling to God on this episode of God Hears Her. Oh, Kim, it is awesome to be with you. You were a powerhouse of all kinds of things. And yet I just want to say too, you are a deep well, a deep, deep well. Mm. I've been following you, all kinds of stuff happening. It's a privilege to be here with both of you. So I am so looking forward to this conversation. Mm. You know, as I've been watching you and, you know, I'm kind of a voyeur, I'm unapologetic about it, but, you know, I I like to follow after my friends and see what God's doing. But as Mm -hmm. I've been watching you, I can see this thread of what God's doing in your life. Mm. But I want to ask you, you know, if you had to like pick a word to describe you know, what this season is like for you. Could you do that? Because there's a lot going on in your world. My word for this season and this year in particular would be rampart. Oh, whoa, that's a big word. (laughs) (laughs) And we hardly ever use it. (laughs) Can we break down that definition? (laughs) It's like an old English word. It is an old (laughs) English word and it was not on my I was about to pull this up (laughs) my dictionary (laughs) I'm gonna look it up right now Uh, go girl go I tell you this word was not on my heart prior to Mm -hmm. 2021 but I started the year January 3rd to be exact in the book of Habakkuk and Mm -hmm. that word in chapter 2 verse 1 where Habakkuk says I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm And he talks about watching to see what God will speak. And Mm -hmm. and it just, it just so captured me because I thought, wow, God has just told him the enemy is coming. If you're standing and stationing yourself on the rampart, you're supposed to be looking for the enemy to see when the enemy comes. Mm -hmm. But no, you're watching for what God will speak. And it just, God used that to call me to months of, just seeking him more deeply and just being in his word for an even longer time per day and just just taking it in. And I did not 
No. So you said, and listen, all these things that have happened, I think it was God preparing me Mm -hmm. for all that would come the rest of this Mm -hmm. year that I didn't know would come. And I just had that in store. I Mm -hmm. didn't know the chaos was coming. So I had that concentrated (laughs) time to seek him. And I'm so grateful. Mm. Oh, Kim, you know, something you said, I just love that perspective because that takes us from when we are looking for the enemy, it's mm. almost like it's on our own strength and yes. our own self-sufficiency. Yes. And when we when we look to the Lord, it's we're sufficient we're sufficient through him. Yes. And that's so easy to misinterpret. Yes. That when we look for the enemy to operate out of that. And it changes from a defensive mm-hmm. posture yes. to like yeah. offensive. Yes. So we're not focused on him, like you're saying we're okay, I, I wanna independent boop, too. Boop, boop. Back up, <laughs> uh, you know, just just because you know you were you were sharing this perspective of being a woman who watches for God, you know. Can you take us back to your story? You know, just mm-hmm. what was your life like growing up? Mm-hmm. Um, how did how did God become someone you wanted to mm-hmm. watch mm-hmm. for? Mm-hmm. And then maybe anything else you want to fill in there. But we'll pick up this rampart idea again. But yes. you know, bring us, scoop us back and then forward if you can. Okay. Well, I spent most of my life not thinking about God at all. I was not raised in the church. My parents were not believers. My parents divorced when I was four. Um, my dad was still never far, about 15 minutes away. So I saw my dad, but we were not believers. It wasn't a Christian home, but I did go to a Catholic school. I was raised in the D.C. area and in Maryland. My dad was an educator and he felt and my mom felt I could get the best education at the Catholic schools. So I learned all the stories in grade school about Jesus, Mm, you know, that he uh could do miracles, that he was the son of God, that he died on the cross and was resurrected. And I never doubted those stories. I Mm. (laughs) just never knew what it had to do with me, but I never doubted. <laughs> I just had a, I had a regard for Jesus. Even wow. um, I remember in third grade, we had the Easter observance, the stations of the cross, and we got to get out of class and the church was part of the school building. And so we went to the church and had the stations of the cross and we walked and followed Jesus as he's carrying the cross. And I was just in tears, weeping, mm-hmm not understanding why this would happen to Jesus when he was just this kind man and, you know, and and son of God. And why would he die on the cross? And I just was weeping and, Mm. but still didn't understand the gospel. And so got older and went to college and law school in the DC area and met my now husband when I was in law school and his job, he was getting a PhD at the time. And when we both graduated, his offer, the best offer for him came from UW-Madison. So I did not want to go to Madison. I planned to stay in D.C. my whole life. and um, But God closed every door in D.C. and <laughs> and opened the best door in Madison for me to clerk. And that's Wisconsin, right? That is Wisconsin, yeah. yes. Okay, okay. And God opened the door for me to clerk for a federal judge in mm. Madison. And so I went and um, I was miserable because I just... Compared to D.C., just could not. Madison was just Mm. not diverse enough. I just had complaint after complaint, but it was what God used. Hmm. He he got me to a state of discontentment so that I would cry out to him. And I remembered 
I remembered, (laughs) yes, I remembered those stories from Catholic school as a girl about Jesus and the miracles. Mm -hmm. And I said, if Jesus can do miracles, then he can get me out of Madison. (laughs) And I started... Started nothing, wrong right, right, right. nothing wrong with Madison. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong. No, just no. Had a heart I, for something you just else. knew. Yeah. You just knew. God just knew. God just knew that um, that He had to get me in a place that uh, was out of my comfort zone uh, and not what I was used to, and just out of my control. Because the way I was raised, you know, you get a career, you make your own money, and you call the shots. And here I was in a city that I didn't want to be in. And why am I here following a man? And it was and nothing seemed right. <laughs> but God just threw me into this area where like, now you're, go- you're going to need me. And so, oh. so I started praying to God. I was praying to get out of Madison, but mm. I was praying and I was talking mm. to God for the first time. And so God used that. And mm. over time I said, well, if I'm asking God to get me out of here, maybe I should go to church. Mm. <laughs> and so all these, all these little steps and my husband and I were at the time he was, we were engaged and planning a big wedding back in Maryland mm. This was in 93 and we were living together and I was convicted about that. And we decided to get married months early, privately. We still had the big wedding, but we got married early. And that was the Ah. first decision, (laughs) my first decision with the Lord in mind. You know, I'm still not saved. I still don't know him, but I'm sensing that conviction and I'm sensing this pull and wanting Mm -hmm. to please God for the first time. And, Mm -hmm. and so we got married and, um, it was about a year later that we were invited, uh, through my husband's barber invited to his church. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I just was weeping, heard the gospel for the first time in the, in the pew. And, and, and so God didn't get me out of Madison. We were there for eight years and, but, but I came to appreciate it and see God's hand in it because he saved me in Madison. I'm hearing this little this little drop of the theme. You know, you began to watch God instead of looking at Madison. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's right. That's Kim, right. I, it's um it's encouraging to me a lot of us whether we're moms of young adults or we're women on the journey ourselves as young adults, you know, we're never too old to come to know God, yes, it, it, because your stories, mm-hmm. you know, you were almost thirty, you yes. know, when you went, oh, this is what I need, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and then your entire the trajectory of your life began to shift, and a- absolutely, sh- don't, shift don't, is a is an understatement, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> flipped <okay>. upside down, <laughs> yeah. Tell tell us more about that, you know, as you began to yeah. you and Bill, your husband, mm-hmm. as y'all begin to do life with God. Well, uh, mm-hmm. you know. As I said, for me growing up, career was everything, and it was my plan to go to law school and become an attorney so I could make money mm-hmm. <laughs> and be yeah, successful. Sure. Successful in quotes. But after I came to know the Lord at 27, uh, we had I had my first child. Our son was born when I was 30. Then I had our daughter at 32. So when our son was born, I was getting this pull because I was in civil litigation and the hours Mm -hmm. and weekends and evenings. And so I started um, reducing my hours. And by the time my daughter was born, the Lord moved me to leave that 
career altogether. So mm-hmm. I'm 32 and I'm now a stay-at-home mom, which I had never imagined. <laughs> no one had ever <laughs> said to me, you should be a stay-at-home mom ever in life. And so um, so, life. <laughs> so this was a whole new path. Then sure. a couple of years later, I start homeschooling after I prayed that God would never call me to homeschool. <laughs> so, he, so all these things were, but at, but when, once I started that path, I loved it. And it's just funny how you can think that you won't want to do something and then God gives you the grace to do it yeah. and your your heart changes. Oh, and, um, I love that. and that was 20 years ago. My kids are now in their 20s. So that was 20 wow. years ago. And, and God just starting this whole new path of this is this is my plan for you that from the foundation of the world. These are the good works that mm-hmm. I foreordained you to walk in and that he would let me know what those are. Because if he wants us to walk in those good works, he has to let us know what they are. And he's faithful mm-hmm. to do that. And so mm-hmm. over time, as I'm seeking him and growing in his word and growing in my relationship, just as I think back, it was just remarkable how he was directing me in the path of those things he had called me to do. I have so many questions. (laughs) Um, One of my questions is how did, how you view yourself and where Mm -hmm. you were finding your identity play a part in Mm -hmm. all of that? Mm -hmm. It's coming from what you thought you were going to do, what you were doing. And in that process, even getting married and Mm -hmm. learning about the Lord and even having a separate identity from your husband, now husband and learning who God is. And then, yeah, your career changing and, how where tell me about that journey of learning about your identity yeah that that's a huge question it was a huge question for me because when i first became a believer and started growing in the word and listening to my pastor and the sermons the first thing god challenged was i saw the world strictly as a black woman and that was that in that order black person and then woman, which is why I was so discontent in Madison because it wasn't diverse. Mm -hmm. And so that was the first thing that the Lord just began to transform in me in terms Mm -hmm. of identity that um, you have been bought with a price. You are in Christ. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. this is your identity from eternity. And this is the only identity that will last for an eternity. And so just Mm -hmm. transforming me to see the world as a person in Christ, just Christ being that identity. Mm -hmm. And then when he called me to leave my career, then I had to shift from seeing myself as an attorney (laughs) to being a stay-at-home mom, which was funny because I I think that first few months, because, you know, everyone likes to ask, well, what do you do? Mm -hmm. And um, so Uh, I I would be in you know, at functions with my husband on campus or wherever we were. And when they would say, well, what do you do? Well, I'm an attorney, but I'm not practicing right now. And the Lord (laughs) said, cut that out. (laughs) I just felt that nudge from the Holy Spirit to cut that out. (laughs) That's true. That's real. (laughs) You just, just be comfortable saying you are a stay at home mom. Nobody has to know (laughs) you're an attorney. Like, Stop that. Oh, gosh. You know, this image is coming into my mind, Kim, of how we're at these functions and we've got a name tag on. It's like that Uh Matthew West song, Hello, My Name Is. And, you know, God's going, rip that off. It's not my name is what color my skin is. It's not my name is what I do for a living. It's not my name is who my relationships are. It's my name is I belong to Jesus. Wow. Yes. 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 But man, our pride really wants to hold on to those things. 
gosh. Now, most people now don't even know that I was ever an attorney, so I love that. <laughs> it feels like another life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're listening to God Hears Her. We'll be right back. What do you do when you feel lonely? Drown the silence with noise? Binge watch a new series? Eat a bag of chips? You're not the only one. Loneliness has become an epidemic, especially in the times where social distancing has forced us away from each other. Our hearts are hurting. Thankfully, we are never really alone. God's promise to be with us remains, and Elisa reminds you of that in her new book, You Are Not Alone. You'll find six affirming reminders about God's person, His plan, His presence, provision, His promise, and His purpose. We hope you will be encouraged by the presence of God in your life. Go to store.ourdailybread.org slash not alone to get your copy. That's store.ourdailybread.org slash not alone. Now, let's get back to God Hears Her. Your life took another turn because, you know, this is really helpful to look at. You know, we're, this is a decades long story, as is all of yes. ours, you know. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and at the next layer for you, God began to, to turn you in a different direction, right? Well, yes. Um, so as I'm home and homeschooling, and one thing that I love that God did was because I was home now, I got to be more grounded in studying the word. So mm-hmm. I started inductive study. And when the kids were taking a nap, I would just really spend a couple of hours just studying the word. And it was during that time I get to Deuteronomy. And that's when I just discovered the word that really became life-changing for me in, a, in a, just in a different way in that season. And that was um, cling when I saw that Moses was telling the people of God, this is what God wants from you. Mm-hmm. It's in Deuteronomy 13, 4, but he says, follow the Lord, which makes sense. If you're, if you belong to God, you should follow him and fear him and serve him and keep his commandments. And all of those made sense. Listen to his voice. But the last word was, and cling to him. And that one just seemed, it just didn't seem to fit <laughs> because mm. like, wow, God really wants us that close to him. He wants that mm-hmm. intimate relationship. And so I began praying, and this was back in 2001 or something, so about 20 years ago. I began praying, Lord, help me to cling to you. Hmm. And um, and it just really resonated with me, I think, because my parents divorced when I was young and not having a father hmm. in the home and then seeing my heavenly father wants me close and I can call on him anytime and he's there for me anytime. And and. It just resonated with me. So I just leaned into that. And so from season to season, through the trials and the storms and the heartaches and just through tears, just saying, Lord, help me to cling to you. And that just really took me, you know, as I'm raising my kids and as I'm at home. But during that time, also, I'm writing. Um, I didn't plan to go down that path. I wasn't one who dreamed of writing books, but but the Lord had moved me to write a book really before I left my job. And then he led me to write Christian fiction, which was a surprise, <laughs> but yeah. I love the word. And I was able to put and t- teach the word through fiction, which mm-hmm. um, only God mm-hmm. can do. So I was on that path and writing early mornings and homeschooling and, and, and clinging. And, uh, and then 2015, my agent said, you know, you're doing these Bible studies and and other spiritual topics, biblical topics on your YouTube channel. 
you should think about writing a nonfiction book. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, what would I write about? And I said, well, I'll pray about it. And so I prayed about it and said, well, Lord, what would I write about? And clean was right. There you go. <laughs> and I just said, how can I write a book from one word that has been on my heart <laughs> for at that point, 15 years. Wow. But the Lord just gave me grace to develop that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the subtitle is Choosing a Lifestyle of Intimacy with God in Discovery House. Our Daily Bread Ministries took, mm-hmm. took on that book and we did a DVD Bible study series. And it's just, it's just been a blessing. It came out in mm-hmm. 2017. And since then, Kling has just taken over my life in terms of all that the Lord has done with that one word. I know. And and it's rich stuff. And I encourage everybody, there is a lot for you. I mean, here is a woman who grew and, and followed what she felt in her heart and then discovered God. And then as you fully immersed yourself, maybe I'll say it that way, in your relationship with God, in that season, mm-hmm. he began to grow in you a new understanding. And and so this word cling becomes your new identity, you know, your yes. new name tag, if yes. you will. And, and then, boom, you're writing fiction. You're doing mm-hmm. Bible teaching on a YouTube channel. You're, you're doing music. What? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now your kids are grown-ish. Mm-hmm. And... I'm really interested too, Kim, and this is, takes us back to how we were talking about the word rampart, a mm-hmm. word that you felt like God began to write in your heart in this current season of life. Your marriage, your family is undergoing a shift. And, and I'm curious about how God prepared you. First, tell us what that shift is and how God prepared you for it and how you see his hand in it, mm-hmm. and also how it continues his word of cling on mm. your life and mm-hmm. rampart. What do those two words have together? That's a lot of questions there. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's okay. So the current season, we just moved to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. My husband was named president of LSU. And that's Louisiana State University. Yes. Yes. And, and he's um, the first what? He is the first black president of LSU and the first black president in the SEC. What? Mm, huge. 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 Yeah. 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 So prior to that, we had um, in, in, in what I call the Rampart period of 2021, prior to that, mm-hmm. he had been named provost, which is the number two person at a university at the University of South Carolina, right as the pandemic hit. And so we were preparing to move to South Carolina last year, but it got delayed because of the pandemic. And Mm. so he was traveling back and forth to St. Louis, where we had been for 18 years. And, but I'm in St. Louis, my kids are, my son has an apartment, my daughter was an RA, so she was on campus. So I was home a lot of the time by myself as we're in this limbo period, but it Mm. became a spiritual retreat for me. Hmm. And I just know the Lord used it to give me that time to go deeper into the word and seek him. And I didn't know any of this was coming. And as we got to about April, Bill found out he was uh, of this year, Bill found out he was nominated for this position at LSU. He didn't even intend to pursue it. He said, well, I just got to South Carolina. I'm content there. But he always, (laughs) he always um, felt 
a calling on his life to be president of a university. And wow. so I reminded him of that. I said, was your, was your, did you feel <laughs> that your calling was to be the provost or did you feel that oh. God was calling you to be president? And so, so they asked him, you know, would you, we would love for you to get into the process. Hmm. And so we had to pray him into the process and he got into the process <laughs> and within three weeks, he was named president. And so our whole world just kind of wow. shifted that quickly. And then it was, okay, now now instead of the move to South Carolina, we're moving to Baton Rouge, which was God's grace that we didn't have to mm. move twice. Mm-hmm. But now life is so different because of all the responsibilities and mm. obligations. And we kind of went from zero to 60. And so I'm just mm. thankful that I had that time with the Lord, that concentrated yeah. time which was months of just priceless time Hmm. to just dwell with him because I really do think the Lord used that as preparation for this season, which is much, much more busy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's such an active verb, you know, cling. It's, It's not like you do it once and you're done. You know, it's this ongoing, active, relational, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I see you th- this foundational verb of cling, and then God, God leads you almost to the edge of a cliff. That's what I think about with Rampart, you know, to this high place, to mm-hmm. this edge of a tower. And he says, okay, in your clinging relationship, now watch, mm-hmm. watch. Yes. And, and so yes. how would you explain to us, if you can, in mm-hmm. practical words, what that watching looks like? That's a good question. I think for me, what it looked like was um, I'm I'm in the word. So I'm taking in because Habakkuk said, I will watch for what he will speak. So I'm mm. in the word and I'm, let's say I'm in um, Nehemiah, which I have been this year. And you're in Nehemiah or Ezra, I'll use Ezra. And then you're paying attention to the things that jump out at you. Okay. So for example, I was in Ezra and then also in Haggai connected a prophet who was during that time. And and I start seeing how often it says God stirred up their spirit. Mm. He stirred up the spirit of Cyrus. He stirred up the spirit of those, the remnant that would return to Judah. He stirred up their spirits when they stopped working on the temple because they got afraid. <laughs> he he mm-hmm. stirred them up to get back to the work. And, and so you're watching for him to speak and, and you're paying attention to, wait, this is resonating with me. And why is it resonating? And what are you stirring up in me, Lord? And then just that acknowledgement in the moment that this is how God works. Because you know how so often we think we'll miss God and mm-hmm. and we're praying for something. And well, how will I know that mm-hmm. he's leading me this way or that way? And how will I know that this is the opportunity? And and you see that in the word and you say, you know what? He is stirring mm-hmm. inside of me. I I do wake up in the night thinking about this. And, and when I wake up in the morning, it's the first thing on my mind. And then you, you begin to see God more at work in your life because you're looking, you're watching for him. Yeah, you're paying attention. You know you're, what? I'm yes. struck by the irony yeah. or the, I'm not sure what the word is, the juxtaposition of you're saying you will watch for him to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's mm-hmm. that's another pop for our God hears her. You know, how does God hear us? Yes. You know, sometimes yes. he sometimes he says, 
listen for me to move (laughs) or he says watch for me to speak you know it it may surprise you but pay attention is what I'm hearing you say yes Mm -hmm. yes I think when we're watching for the Lord we just we pay attention to even what we may think are the small things that are happening but it's God moving I mean that's what he does and there's nothing that's too small or nothing that's random or coincidental but when we're watching and paying attention it just caused us to see his faithfulness more, to mm-hmm. see him at work, to be able to thank him for the little things that happen and praise him and just know that he's with us. And that is so comforting, you know, when, when life gets hard to just say, wait, I, I know that text from so-and-so in this moment had to be from God to encourage me. Mm-hmm. And then you just see him at work. That's so good, Kim. Kim, what would you... What would you tell the woman? And maybe there, maybe you can tap into you experiencing this for yourself. But what would you tell the woman that is really tired mm-hmm. and struggling to see her identity in the Lord when she's had a shift in her life? Mm-hmm. What would you encourage her in on how God sees her? Mm. I think it's always important when you're weary and life isn't what you think it will be, that that is the time to just behold Christ through the word. I mean, that should that should always be our posture, but especially in those times, because it's like Hebrews 12 to fixing your eyes on Jesus. You know, as you're mm-hmm. running your race, our eyes have to stay on Jesus because then we're reminded that our identity is in him we are to be becoming more and more like him and the only way we can do that is to behold him through the word and to spend time in prayer and the more that we do that we get our eyes off of ourselves and what we're going through and we we do begin to see ourselves as God sees us mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there is strength in dependency on Christ because that's how we become stronger you know in weakness we are made strong through Christ and so whatever times we're going through when we fix our eyes on him when we go to his word when we just take a walk and talk to him you know just take Mm -hmm. a walk and like Lord I know you see what I'm going through and just being able to bear your heart and, and cry and those things, then you, you just, that's when you experience the supernatural, you get mm-hmm. out of the natural mode of life and you move to super to the supernatural just by talking to the Lord who is supernatural. <laughs> so you, yes, you, you just from talking to him, just from going, the word mm-hmm. of God is supernatural. And so when we take ourselves out of our natural existence and shift, whatever shift has happened in the natural, we have to shift it to the supernatural, which it sounds mystical. It's not. It's just opening the word. <laughs> it's just talking to the Lord. That's beautiful. Would you mind praying over that woman right good, now? Good, Erin. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Dear Lord, we just praise you because... You are the God who does hear us. You are the God who loves us. You are faithful. And Lord, we know because we have been there. We know there are people listening who are weary, who might be 
unsure of their identity in this moment, who are dealing with shifts in their natural lives. And Lord, I just I just pray that you would lavish your grace upon her. Mm. I pray that your strong hand would be upon her, cause her to just lift up her gaze to Christ, cause her to see the beauty of Christ in this moment, to see the hope of our Savior, the light of our Savior, Lord. I pray that that you would just cause her to cling to you by opening up your word. Show her where she can go in your word to find hope. Show her where she can go in your word to hear your voice. And Lord, you know exactly what she needs for her situation. And your word is truth. Your word is strength. Your word is comfort. Your word is hope. And I pray that you would lead her to where she needs to go in your word and that you would be faithful to speak to her through your word in her situation lord make it real for her i pray that you would just cause her to draw near to you and dwell in your presence lord if that means just stealing away and going for a walk or going for a drive somewhere lord just just the two of you i pray that that she would delight herself in you in that way and just allow herself to just nestle in your arms, know that you care, know that you love her, and know that you see her and hear her. I pray that you would just shower encouragement. I pray that your faithfulness would be a shield about her and that your love would surround her. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 How wonderful is it to know that when we start trusting and clinging to God, we can see Him working in ways we may never have imagined, I mean, ever. I love how Kim reminds us to cling to Jesus through it all. Elisa, how great is it to know that we are never alone? That's so powerful. Before we close out today's episode of God Hears Her, we want to remind you, that the show notes are available in the podcast description. The show notes not only contain the talking points for today's episode, but also links to connect with Aaron and me on social and a link for Kim Cash Tate's book, Cling, Choosing a Lifestyle of Intimacy with God. You can visit our website at godhearsher.org. That's godhearsher.org. Thank you for joining us. And don't forget, God hears you. He sees you. And he loves you because you are his. Today's episode was engineered by Ann Stevens and produced by Mary Jo Clark, Daniel Ryan Day, and Jade Gustafson. Today, we also want to recognize Joyce and Linda for their help in creating and promoting the God Hears Her podcast. Thanks, y'all. God Hears Her is a production of our Daily Bread Ministries.